if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today we'll do the September update. Okay, first, this podcast is provided to you by Medboard, so let's hear more about Medboard. Medboard, the regulatory, research and intelligence platform, is focused on solving the problem with increasing news and data and new requirements as regulatory intelligence, post-market surveillance, clinical literature review and many more. We are making trusted MedTech information and data more accessible, creating the largest information portal search and the best tools for review, intelligence and portfolio management. We are already changing people's lives like you by reducing tedious manual and repetitive work or saving much time. Contact us at medboard.com to learn more about us and do a free trial. To start with this podcast, we'll talk about um, the EU Commission that is asking you your opinion or mainly to answer a survey. So this survey is mainly about uh, um, mainly how the EU is communicating with you are you satisfied? Do you want to be more often uh, to receive more often emails, or what is the medium that you are is used uh, that you are using to get information from the EU Commission? And they are also asking you questions about the extension of the EUMDR and IVDR. So, are you happy of it? What can they can they improve, etc., etc. So, this survey is available. Um, I really advise you to go and read it and answer it. It will take five, maybe even two minutes to answer to it. So, uh, but this will provide a great, in, uh, great insight and great uh, inputs to the EU Commission about if you are happy or not about their communication and also about uh, the EUMDR uh, extension and uh, their consequences. So don't hesitate to go uh, to the show notes and check the link. And two minutes, it's done. Okay, now let's talk about the EU MDR transition. So this was voted in March uh, this year, but there are still a lot of uh, questions, a lot of documents, a lot of clarification because apparently everything is not clear. So uh, the EU Commission has issued a quality, uh, question and answer document. Uh, we already talked about that, I think, before. Uh, so there is this document uh, that will be answering your questions. Are you eligible or not for uh, the extension to the UMDR? I mean, anything um, related to the fact that you are a legacy device and now your certificate is maybe expired so what should you do are you subject to that uh, what can you prove how can you prove that you are fine for it etc etc so apparently this question and answer was maybe not sufficient because they have now issued a flowchart with a decision tree uh, which helps you again to 
uh, go through this and uh, to again identify if you are eligible or not uh, to that. The flowchart is well done, um, all the decisions is well done. Uh, it's divided in two. There is the part which is about specifically legacy devices. Uh, and there is the part that is about custom-made uh, devices. So, because yeah, the extension is also for custom-made uh, prior to the extension or prior to the uh, to the the decision of the vote, uh, custom-made devices, custom, uh, okay, class three implantable custom-made devices were not subject to any extension. By the 26th of May 2021, you had to have a certificate from a notified body about it. But they may, maybe identified that this is a big issue. So now they included that in the extension to say, any uh, companies that ha are you having a custom-made device class three implantable, uh, can benefit from a transition period until 2026. So you have still some time for, for it. But uh, yeah, the, this decision tree can help you to decide if yes or no, you are eligible uh, to, uh, the, the, to the extension of the UMDR and uh, of uh, all the decision that was made in March. Um, the other thing is that uh, we have Team NB that also issued uh, report about this transition timeline, about the notified body capacity. So it's also an important report to read just to understand more about uh, the consequences for this timeline and the capacity and everything. So don't hesitate also to go to the show notes and check the Team NB uh, report on that. And you have uh, Eric Wolfbrecht that also issued a blog post about uh, about mainly what is happening actually with the UMDR and IVDR. And the title is mainly, can we fix, improve the UMDR and IVDR? Uh, so it's mainly a question about all the mistakes that were happening, all the things that were done, the consequences of those mistakes and yeah, mainly how, how it is ongoing, the situation about notified bodies, etc, etc. So there are a lot of things that were done um, with the UMDR. We had three times more pages than the, the, the combination of MDR, MDD and, IVDD, uh, and AIMDD, sorry. Um, but at the end we have again, more um, MDCG guidances, more documentation, more implementing acts, more. So it's apparently, the, apparently the UMDR is not sufficient to understand how to implement it. So they are putting in place a lot of guidances to help you to understand what they wanted to say on the UMDR. And maybe it creates a bit of some confusion here. So yeah, I really advise you to go and read also the, this article from Eric Vorbeck just to understand a bit the situation of uh, the EUMDR and IVDR also. Okay, Team NB issued now um, uh, agreements template. So you have the situation actually where your previous notified body, you are changing your notified body from one previously that was maybe under MDD to another one that is maybe under MDR. So now there is this surveillance of your MDD certificate that is um, that can be in place. And there is this agreement that the Team NB has issued, a template or white paper, where they are advising on how to agree for the transition between the previous notified body to the new notified body, the outgoing notified body to the in, uh, incoming notified body. So it can be a great, great document to read and to understand. 
Um, because yeah, if you are moving from to another notified body, the new notified body has also some obligations and it has also to understand all those. I suppose there will be also some communication between the previous notified body to the new one. So this is something that you should as a manufacturer understand and find an agreement on how to make this transition that is can be smoothly. So Team NB issued this uh, template. Just check. Uh, I think it's interesting to read and to understand and then maybe you will need to use that for your transition from one notified body to another. Okay, what is the notified body situation now? So we are at 39 notified bodies under MDR and 10 notified bodies under IVDR. Okay, but what is on the pipeline? And the EU Commission is now issuing their chart that is showing all the graph. And in this chart, we can see that Normally, there are 62 notified bodies that, are, that have sent an application for MDR and 22 for IVDR. So there are still a lot uh, that are on the pipeline and waiting to, to go. Uh, so this, as I said, can create a situation where your notified body is on the pipeline to be an, uh, an MDR certified notified body, but it is still not. So you as a manufacturer, what should you do? Should you stay with this one expecting that the transition or the certification will be quick? Or should you just say, okay guys, I cannot stay with you anymore because I have, uh, I have read to move to another notified body as quick as possible. If you have the chance to have another notified body that you can go, maybe it's the right choice. It's a, your risk assessment that has to be done and your risk management or the risk of your for your company and define if this is risky to stay with the previous one or to move to the new one but mainly a lot of manufacturers don't have any other notified body or if they will struggle to find one and to transition to one as we showed before so with an agreement to transition so mainly you have also to really somehow take the risk and say maybe I will stay with my previous notified body and I will hope that by 2027 or 2028 now because we have this uh, uh, extension maybe they will be already MDR certified and then you can uh, move forward uh, with them. So this is the situation um, I know that it's not the best for, for some of you but you have really to evaluate that should you stay with your notified body, current notified body, if they are on this pipeline that I told before. If they are not, maybe you have already to find your new notified body and then move to, uh, to, to them also. So this is really a difficult situation for you, but also for the notified body that is now in transition because they want to keep you as a customer. They want to have you for when they will be MDR certified, but as the process is long for them, so mainly uh, it can be a, a bit difficult also. So yeah. <laughs> just be patient sometime and have a, a good understanding of your situation, of their situation and what is the best for your company. Okay, we had the situation under UMDR where we had this amendment to the medicinal product um, directive, so the article 117. Now, let's review that in the other way. So, First, under the Article 117, we are talking about medical devices that are embedded inside uh, or that contain uh, a drug or that a drug that is embedded inside a medical device, like a prefilled syringe or anything that is a drug but contains a medical device. So this is Article 117. Now, in this case, you have to go through the European Medicine Agency to obtain your uh, approval of your drug device. And at the same time, you have to contact a notified body so that they can review the medical device part of your product. 
Now in the other way, imagine now that your product is a medical device, it's regulated by a notified body, but it contains inside as an ancillary part a drug or um, human um, blood derivative for example. In that case, for any of those products, you have to get a consultation with the European Medicination. So it's, it's the other way. Bef you, you are going through a notified body, but you are consulting the EMA. So the EMA, the European Medicine Agency, has issued a question and answer document that is explained how, what, how to do all this consultation, how to contact them, what should be inside your application, etc. etc. So this is an important document in the case, and remember, if your product contains uh, a drug, or a human uh, blood derivative, it will be considered anywhere as a class 3 device uh, per a rule 14 of the EUMDR. So then you have also to consult with, uh, with an external agency, which is in this case the EMA. So don't forget this point because if you arrive at the point where you go to the application to a notified body, if you don't have the result of this consultation, maybe the notified body will just stop and wait and say, okay, can you make this? Because without that, I cannot, we cannot really move forward. So don't forget to do that and don't miss this opportunity. Otherwise you will lose some time and then you will have to wait before your products can be on the market. Okay, training now. So this month uh, in uh, August, we have issued two uh, mini training or trainings for your company. So the first training is about vigilance reporting. Uh, so the idea is mainly to explain to you um, what is the vigilance reporting, uh, how to fill this uh, form that uh, is existing. So you have three different forms. You have the MIR form, you have the FSCA form, and you have the FSN form. Um, so how to fill all those documents, what are the codes that you have to use for filling them because we have also some codes to use. So I try to explain to you all this within a, a, sm a small training. Uh, it's a one hour, one hour and a half training with a quiz at the end for evaluation of your knowledge and providing you also an attestation of, uh, for, for your participation to the training. So uh, don't hesitate to go and to check also uh, the content of the training. You have all the agenda. You have the first video that is free and you can just check what is the, the content of, of the training. Then the second training is about audit readiness. So I, I, I'm helping a lot of companies and one point that I have identified is that they are not really ready for making an audit. Mainly the companies that were not having any audit before, didn't never had any audit with before with the notified body. So they are a bit lost. What should I do? How can I prepare, etc. So we have made a, also a small training to explain first what are the different types of audits and second, how to behave in front of an auditor. What how to, what to say, what not to say, what, uh, I mean, the fact also that notified body are looking for evidences, not just you saying something, but prove that to me. So there are a lot of things that we are trying to explain to you uh, within this uh, training. So don't hesitate also to go and to check the first video where there is all the agenda of what I will be talking uh, about. So go on the show notes. And we have the famous Green Belt certification training that uh, I will be issuing this month in September, starting from September 18th until September 22nd. So don't hesitate also to go to the show notes and enroll to the training. So it's a live training, this one. The others were e-training, so uh, already uh, recorded. So you can just go and, and purchase them and uh, go itself paced training. So you can go through the different videos at your uh, pace. 
This one, the Green Belt Certification Program, is a one-week training where we go every day to a different topic. Uh, and I'm with you every day, so every day we have a session together where I will be explaining to you the topic. You can, uh, I can answer all your questions. And at the end, you will be passing an exam, and I hope you'll get it and then get your certificate, your Green Belt uh, Certificate. So don't hesitate to go on the show notes and just enroll to the new uh, session. UK now. So UK has made an announcement and everybody was contacting me and saying, oh, now CE marking is approved indefinitely for the UK. <laughs> so I said, oh, really? I mean, I just came back from holiday. So I find that. So I said, okay, let's uh, look at that. And no, <laughs> so just to be clear, no. So uh, the UK has e e informed that for any type of products that are going to the UK that are CE marked, they can indefinitely be sold in the UK without UKCA, so with CE marking. Uh, means that you don't need any more to do UKCA for those products and then go on the UK market. But it says also that it's not, the exception is medical devices and in vitro diagnostic. Because mainly there was already a previous communication about in vitro diagnostic and medical devices where it says mainly that there is an extension of the timeline for UKCA, but it's not indefinite like uh, for the other products uh, like toys or pyrotechnic products, etc. So it means that your medical device should still comply to the UKCA by a certain date. Um, so for general medical devices that are under MDD and AIMDD, they can comply, continue to comply to the MDD and AIMDD until the 30th of June, 2028. For in vitro diagnostic until uh, under IVDD until the 13th of June, 2030. And for MDR and IVDR products until the 30th of June 2030. So they extended those dates uh, due to the extension of the EU MDR. But surprisingly, the announcement that they have made the 1st of August has nothing, uh, is not applicable to medical devices, but is applicable to any other products. So any other products can continue to be sold in the um, UK market under C marking, but not medical devices and in vitro diagnostic. So it's really interesting because why first? <laughs> why not medical devices? And uh, mainly it means that UKCA will be really applicable at, um, only for medical devices and in vitro diagnostic. For other products, they maybe don't need UKCA, so this is not applicable. So it makes a bit, I think, a bit strange. So. Uh, Ronald Boomans, for example, issued uh, uh, also a communication about that. So we explained exactly that point. So I really encourage you to go and, and check that on the show notes, uh, what it is and how it is working. And I also placed on the show notes two articles from The Guardian where it's not specific for medical devices, but for anything else, where it's mainly also as saying that, yeah, the Brexit was not really working well, apparently, because the objective was to be to be separate from EU and everything from EU everything now they continue to be under C marking for their products so which is yeah strange so we don't know really what's happening there we'll maybe know later but for the moment guys EU MDR IVDR is applicable until 2020 2030 uh, in the UK after that you have to have a UKCA mark under notified bo under approved bodies uh, for, for the UK. So don't, yeah, don't miss this opportunity also and, and think that, no, it's not applicable to medical devices. It is applicable to medical devices. And to continue with the UK, uh, we have the announcement also in August that three additional UK approved bodies were announced, which are 
Tuve Sud, Intertech, and Tuve Rhineland. So these are the three uh, approved bodies that will be uh, then helping you to transition to the UKCA under for medical devices and in vitro diagnostic. Uh, before we had BSI, DECRA, SGS, and UL. Um, so now, so we have now like seven, but each of them. Uh, is for different things. There are some specific for in vitro diagnostics, some specific for general medical devices, and some specific for active devices. So you have to check for what it is. So I have placed the link on the show notes. You can go there and just check which one will be specific for your type of products. Okay, Australia is now uh, issuing some webinars. So uh, the Australian webinar, there are two webinars issued by the Australian Authority for this month of September. First, in September 14th, uh, we have the webinar on vigilance program, the new vigilance program uh, within TGA, within the Australian uh, government, uh, specifically for the sponsor. So if you are located outside of the Australian market and you need then a uh, uh, somebody in the in the Austrian market to execute uh, to register your product and authorize representative. Maybe this person has also to um, execute your vigilance. So any vigilance uh, activities should be done also by this person. So then you have to understand how vigilance is done uh, between the manufacturer located outside of Australia and then the, the, the authorized representative in Australia. So there are also some role and responsibility to define within the agreement of them. But this webinar will explain to you what are the rules. As Australia is following a lot what uh, Europe is doing, I suppose that uh, the rules should be the same as, uh, as Europe. But yeah, better to look at uh, it if you are uh, selling your products in Australia. And the second webinar is UDI. So. Um, after US, after Europe, after a lot of other countries. Now Australia is also following uh, the UDI requirements. So they will be also issuing a webinar explaining the UDI for uh, the Australian market. Uh, this one will be in September 19th. So don't hesitate to go to the show notes and to just find out the links and then you'll understand more about the timing also because it's Australian time. So it's not like European time. So it's 11 a.m. Australian time which is really late, I think, late for us that are in Europe, but maybe uh, not too late for the ones that are uh, in Asia or in the other region. So don't hesitate to go and to check if this is something that can be helpful for you. Okay, Canada is uh, issuing a pre-market guidance for machine learning enabled medical devices. So mainly, if your software is using some artificial intelligence method like machine learning, um, then here you have a pre-market guidance on how to um, build your dossier to then register your medical device, your software, your machine learning enabled medical device in the, um, in the Canadian market. So it's a document that is really explaining a lot on how it is working and how uh, you should do that. So uh, don't follow the normal route, just really check those kind of uh, guidances because they will tell you exactly what they are expecting to see for each uh, of the chapters of the, of the dossier or whatever. Remember also that Canada is um, only accepting your application if you are MDSAP certified uh, because mainly it's mandatory in uh, Canada. So don't just try to go to Canada to register and to do that without MDSAP. So try to get MDSAP first and then you can uh, apply for uh, to the Canadian. I mean, you can do that in parallel, but mainly MDSAP is uh, an important, uh, important information for that. So if you are a software company that has a machine learning so software as a medical device and you want to register in Canada, this is the guidance that you have to read. USA, 
they are issuing uh, a guidance on off-the-shelf software. So what is that? So off-the-shelf software is mainly that you have your software that you are selling and you need for the for using this software you need an off-the-shelf software so many um, something that you are not controlling that you are just taking out from out, out of the shelf so mainly here the us is providing a guidance to ask you to also provide a justification for why this software is good how it is working for maybe some specification about how to use this software because when you will apply um, make an application of your software like a 510k uh, to the FDA market, to the FDA, then they will see that you are using an off-the-shelf software, then they will ask you a lot of questions. So this guidance will help you to answer those questions and provide the right documentation. What are the documents that are expected at which stage? What are the information that they want to see, etc, etc. So uh, this is really important. Um, I'm not really sure exactly at which level we are talking about off the shelf like is windows for microsoft windows like off the shelf and is it part of it there are a lot of elements that are mentioned directly on this guidance so i really advise you to go to look at it if you are again a software company that is trying to sell your products in the us market and that your product needs another software to be working also so this is mainly something that uh, can be really help you Okay, now let's go to Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia is asking all the manufacturers and all the supplies um, companies like um, importer, distributor in Saudi Arabia to be ISO 13485 certified. So they are really pushing that a lot. So it means that if you are selling your products in Saudi Arabia, be careful to verify that your economic operators, distributors, um, authorized representative and everything. I mean, the, the people that are really supplying the equipments, not the authorized representative. Um, they are ISO 13485 certified because the authorities will check that, will verify if they are ISO 13485 certified. So don't hesitate. To, I mean, don't first understand that and then ask them, don't hesitate to ask them, can you show me your ISO 13485 certificate before you can really sign an agreement with them? Because it will be mandatory, it is mandatory in the in Saudi Arabia. If they, they are not, they would be not granted any license to then sell your product. So it's really something important. So there is this communication made. Um, there is no timeline. They say at the date of application of the circular, but I didn't find exactly which date it is. So I'm not sure if it is already in place now, or if there is a future date. So it was in Arabic, I was not able to read everything. So uh, if somebody knows, so don't hesitate also to place a comment on the video and just tell us, yeah, here is the, maybe the date of application for these requirements with Saudi Arabia. Okay, so we have now an announcement. I mean, I have an announcement myself. So um, we have um, uh, work. We are working with uh, An India. So uh, from Scube Technologies uh, related to the electronic quality management system software. So we have now our own software, which is called SmartEye. So SmartEye is an electronic quality management system that is really specific for medical device companies. So it's providing modules like a project modules where we can do the design and development, create your DHF, your DMR uh, for your products, uh, do all your design input, design output, verification, validation, traceability metrics, etc. We have modules like change control, modules like quality management system where we can place all your procedures, your um, uh, documents, your records, etc., your templates. You have modules like 
Kappa, corrective action, preventive action, with all the flow that is already set up, modules like nonconformity also with all the flow that is set up, complaints, complaint management with recording of complaints, recording, recording also of feedback, even positive feedback, and also um, vigilance reporting. If there is any vigilance, you have also the, the communication to the authorities that is prepared for you. Uh, you have then also the module about training. So anything that is on SmartEye can then be uh, sent for training to the people. Training is not just click and read and it's fine so there is also a possibility to put some quiz and some tests for your people to um, to confirm that they are really they really read it and understood it uh, there is also a module of supplier management I mean everything that is needed for a medical device company is available within SmartEye so don't hesitate also to contact us for making a demo of SmartEye uh, because yeah mainly you have to know more about it and see how it is used anybody that looked at it or worked with it now says oh it's great because it's really easy you don't have to um, uh, to be a, an expert on medical devices to uh, be navigating inside it and finding all the information needed and this is the objective it was to make it easy for everybody with no code so no need of coding you can um, you can also customize a bit the fields there it's with no code so it's really uh, important for you to then have something that is working um, smoothly for you for your certification so don't hesitate to ask for a demo and I will try to provide that to you with an India also okay so thank you very much Okay, now conferences. So uh, we have uh, have four conferences for the until the end of the year. So the first conference is in September. We have the Medix Day conference in Berlin for medical devices uh, in September 26 and 27. So I will be there. We'll be also doing a podcast, live podcast, if I can say there, uh, recording live uh, within the, with the people that are there. So I think it will be an interesting day. So don't hesitate if you are there to communicate with me, and then maybe we can meet together uh, for the Medix Day in, in Berlin. Uh, next one is the Afri Summit in Cairo, in Egypt. Uh, so it's uh, also something that uh, I will be uh, part of. I will be uh, also a speaker at this uh, session. Uh, so if you are going also to the Afri Summit, uh, don't hesitate to contact me. Uh, next one is Medica in Dusseldorf, Germany in November. Uh, so I will be also there one day, uh, but I will be there just to uh, visit uh, a bit of what is uh, going. And I will also try to meet some of the people because I know that a lot of people are, are going there. So don't hesitate also to make a, a planning with me if you are really interested to, uh, to, uh, to meet me at Medica. And the last one, which is not so far from where I'm living. So Team PRC, which will be in Strasbourg in France. Uh, so um, it's also an important meeting because if you are a PRC or you want to become a PRC, coming to this kind of meeting will help you to understand what is the role and also meet the team PRC association and then also get a membership with them so don't hesitate to go to the show notes to find out all the links for these uh, these events and if you are going to one of them don't hesitate to let me know so that we can maybe meet Okay, podcast to listen. So usually I'm showing to you the podcast that uh, uh, we are doing. So we'll do that just after. But first, I have a lot of podcasts that I'm also listening or I'm, I'm, I'm looking at. So I think it can be great also a good list for you to, uh, to register. So the first podcast is Medical Misfit episode, which, um, for example, the first episode is how to join a tech startup uh, as a medical student, which is uh, a great uh, subject uh, just to explain how to enter this kind of startup uh, company. 
and uh, you can have then the link directly where there are a lot of other episodes where they are interviewing a lot of other people. But this episode was uh, was a great one. Uh, the next one is the MedTech uh, podcast with Karen D. Badwell. So Karen Deep is also interviewing a lot of people. Uh, the last one was Ivan Perechamoro from uh, MedBoard. So a great episode also. So don't hesitate to uh, check the episodes of um, the MedTech podcast. Uh, the next one is the MedTech Talent Lab with Mitch Robbins. Uh, so Mitch Robbins was on my podcast also, but he is really providing a lot of advices to employers and also candidates on how to apply for a job, how to uh, get a raise also. I saw the last episode about how to get a raise. Uh, so it gives you a lot of advices and specifically in the area of quality and regulatory affairs. So don't hesitate also to uh, listen to this podcast if you are like a candidate searching for a job or, or something like that it will provide you a lot of uh, advices on it uh, and uh, the next one is the life science 360 with arsh uh, thakar uh, so this is a great podcast with uh, arsh is interviewing a lot of people on the medtech industry i got interviewed also so a great episode where i explain also my role as a consultant how i'm working and how we are uh, doing um, the networking with all the people that uh, I'm working with. Uh, so I think it's important to listen also to the experience that others uh, did have so uh, so that you can also learn what to do uh, for your uh, future and which route you can also take, uh, what are maybe some inspiration for you and how, how you can succeed, if I can say, within your projects. And the last one is the state of medtech uh, with uh, Omar Khatib. Uh, so I also had Omar on my uh, podcast. So he's more on the marketing side, uh, sales, marketing, etc. for medical devices. But it's also a great uh, podcast to listen and to hear about because you have also to see um, not only in the medical device uh, quality and regulatory affairs field, but see also beyond and just check what is happening also in the other departments. And having this view can help you also within your actual job. Okay, so now let's talk about the podcast of the last month. So the first episode that we had last month was um, who should be uh, on your risk management dream team uh, with Navin Agarval. So uh, Navin is really a great expert in risk management. He has also a podcast episode, a podcast uh, on that. He's also doing a lot of talks. He has a re he's recently also launching some LinkedIn audio uh, about that. So I really encourage you to... Um, to meet, I mean, to discuss with Navin and to connect maybe with him if you ha you are really looking for information on, on risk management. So this episode is really great, uh, episode 243. Next one is hire your quality and regulatory affairs employee with no budget. And we had that with Mitch Robbins, episode 244, where we discussed more about how you can also uh, communicate within your social media to try to hire a candidate, a quality and regulatory affairs. Uh, and it gives you a lot of methods that uh, you, you may use. Uh, next one is why you should automate your uh, software validation with uh, Christophe Girardet and Virginie Rocha. Uh, so mainly uh, the, those two persons from Vega Informatic uh, are providing some advice on how to validate your software, not to do it manually each time, but if you know that this is something that you will have to do maybe 10, 20, 30 times, so maybe make it, make it automatic is uh, a good way for, for you. And yeah, this episode will help you to maybe save you some time and save you some, uh, some human errors that you may do if you do a validation by, by hand. Uh, then what are the acceptance criteria for your clinical evaluation with Cesare Magri? Uh, this is a great episode which is really explaining to you how to set up the bar, how to set up this acceptance criteria for your clinical evaluation yourself 
and to show to the notify body that this bar, these criteria are the right ones. And if you are passing this bar, means that your clinical evaluation is good also. So this helps you and helps also the notified body to understand more about your products. Remember, you are the expert of your products, so you should know even more than the notified body. But notified bodies are also expert of those types of products, so they can ask you some questions that maybe can be uh, um, yeah, challenging. So don't hesitate to uh, try to set up the right acceptance criteria, justify why those acceptance criteria are the right ones and how then to, uh, to uh, reach the, the bar. So listen to this with uh, Cesare Magri. And the last one is how to perform your clinical validation uh, in practice. So um, Enrico Allegra from Test Labs in the UK has provided us some advices on how to do uh, clean validation. Also for, for example, active devices that are using electricity uh, for um, microbiological, uh, also the material that you are using that maybe the uh, cleaning agent with the material is creating some kind of uh, damage. So you have to review all that and to check all that. So if your device needs to be cleaned before to be used, then don't hesitate to uh, look at this, um, at this episode because it will provide you all the information that is needed and will uh, be asked also by your notified body. Okay, so it's the end and uh, Easy Medical Device is here to help you. So we are providing this podcast to you, but we are also a consulting firm. So we are also uh, providing some consulting activities. So if you need anything about quality and regulatory affairs for medical devices, don't hesitate to contact us. Uh, we have a lot of people that can help you. Uh, if you need a training also, if you need an authorized representative, an importer, so don't hesitate to contact us. We are offering those services. And if you need an electronic quality management system, as I told you, so we have now the new uh, software smart eye which we can provide to you and we have already a, a lot of uh, customers that are using it so don't hesitate to contact us to have a demo and i'm sure you'll be you'll like it so don't hesitate also okay it was really a pleasure to provide you this regulatory update and i wish you a nice day thanks for listening so if you like this episode please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it and also don't forget to share it with your colleagues thank you very much 